Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Night Call, a production of iHeartRadio. It's 4.03 a.m. in a vampire apartment, and you're listening to Night Call. Welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. I'm Molly Lambert, and with me, as always, are Tess Lynch and Emily Yoshida, calling in from New York. Calling in from New York. And joining us live in the studio, our guest today, Elaine Kahn. Hello. Hello, Elaine. Elaine is the author of Romance or the End, a new book of poetry out now. And it's Valentine's Day today, and it's Spooky Love February on Night Call. So... It's the most erotic day of the year. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most thrillingly erotic day. I did actually walk down Hollywood Boulevard and note that people were going into all the sex shops today. Um, The Hustler store was bustling with activity. Hustling and bustling. 
<laughs> as always. <laughs> um, we were going to take a night call just off the bat. Hey, night call. It's Kate, long-time listener, first-time night caller. Since you guys do, are doing a romance theme month for February, I thought it might be cool to call in about one of my favorite smut peddlers of all time, Zalman King. Uh, he made things like Nine and a Half Weeks, The Red Shoe Diaries, and Wild Orchid most of the time in collaboration with his wife, Patricia Louisiana Knopp. Uh, Roman Kingdom liked the idea of softcore, and I recently read an interview where he described their films together as emotional thrillers. So I was wondering if you guys could talk about some of your favorite emotional thrillers. I know Nine and a Half Weeks came up in your erotic odyssey. But I also wanted to ask, where do you guys think all the great movie sex scenes have gone? I've been thinking a lot about this. I wrote about it. Uh, but I think it's an interesting thing to think about in a month dedicated to love and romance when we haven't had a great movie sex scene in years. Thanks for being you and I call. Uh, excited to hear you guys talk about some Red Shoe Diaries. Wow, what a great night call. Excellent night call. Thank you so much. Thank I'm you. thinking about it now, too. What is the last great movie sex scene? Magic Mike? No. Did that even no. have a memorable sex scene? That was just hot. It was just a sexy movie. I guess yeah. it didn't. It's very rare we get to thrusts. And when <laughs> yeah. there are thrusts, usually there's a really bad trend of this that I really associate with Girls, the TV show, that it would just smash cut to, like, fucking. Mm-hmm. Like, really aggressive, like, jackhammer fucking. Um, which I just thought was, like, it was, and it was used as a punchline then. It was, like, like really explicit fucking, but like as a as a joke. There's definitely more sex on TV than ever. Yes. Yeah, and for sure. there's and it's more it's more movies. fun to watch at home. Maybe <laughs> just just positing. <laughs> but yeah, movies yeah. movies maybe uh, are losing ground in the sex scenes competition. To Do you guys TV. have what is the most recent great sex scene in a movie? I mean, that's what I'm trying to think of well, now. If it's I not mean, Magic so- Mike. Has anybody like, seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire yet? That just is coming out today, I think. Properly. It had a small release right, I last heard, year. I heard that's very good. It's good, but it's actually not as... Like, the sex... The, it has cool, like, love scenes, but they're not... But I, I, I don't... I, I think of something that's not a sex scene in that movie more than I think of, like, um, like an actual, like, sex act on scene. Like, because right. there's just, like, some cool very romantic moments in it right. and like good kissing like a lot of like elongated <laughs> kissing scenes well like fun. the horniest movie i can think of of the recent past is probably phantom thread which like doesn't have any sex scenes in it it's no. just it's tense it's just tension so much yeah it's Here, just yeah it's horny well, though i think of like when i think of the most explicit sex scenes that i've seen recently they are um like two ladies usually mm-hmm. um like handmaiden and um oh yeah handmaiden had a good sex scene that's probably the last good sex scene i can think of and blue is the warmest color too but both and i love handmaiden yeah it's a great movie but i think that the sex scenes do kind of veer and like i think very purposefully so are very like framed male gazing and very like Mm -hmm. like made to be like like they do just come off as like objects or like like woodblock kind of both of those especially yeah yeah and we'll Um, get to this later when we talk about today's feature the hunger Oh, yeah. Which has a sexy lesbian sex scene. But yeah, yeah, I feel like most of the sex scenes are in comedies in movies that I can think of. And they are generally like jokes, like played for a joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Seems like a problem. 
<laughs> Look, we're here to remedy it. Nightcall wants to reboot the erotic thriller. Um, yeah, what about like in The Boy Next Door, a movie I haven't seen, but... <laughs> a movie I haven't the seen. The most recent attempt to reboot the erotic thriller. Haven't seen it either. Um, also not. Is that the Netflix thing? No, that's the one where Jennifer Lopez... Um, has sex with like the boy next door. Oh, right. <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> well, where does he live? You know what I just watched, which I totally enjoyed, is What Lies Beneath. Oh, What Lies Beneath is oh, so yeah. good. I had never seen it, and I totally wow. enjoyed it. I like like a that was like a hot kind of a hot movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was that funny was too because there's like a whole part where they're supposed to be like, oh, like. They're old fuddy duddies, like trying to have sex in this long marriage, but it's like Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest, the biggest like innovation in the last 10, 15 years of movies has just been like trying to get the most awkward sex scenes possible on screen as some kind of act of defiance, maybe. That's, that's, <laughs> um, that's French extremism. It's the yeah, opposite maybe. of French extremism. It's American. Like, I just always think of like, the scene in Greenberg, which is like the worst sex scene of all time. But, there weren't even um, any sex scenes in Marriage Story. That was one of the things I was angry at about Were there it. not? No. Nobody had sex in that movie. They just all talked a lot. Elaine, did you see Marriage Story? I would not see that yeah, movie for anything. <laughs> you know about my Blue Valentine theory? No. It's that people who see Blue Valentine usually, this again, scientifically unproven, but I'm really sure that this is true, that they break up soon after. And then I felt like Marriage Story was definitely of that genre, of the yeah. break up yeah. your love genre. So I wouldn't see it. I mean, the only thing I really know about Marriage Story is that one clip that was all over the internet. The Punching the Wall? Yeah, which had like... Yeah. It's such a bad representation. I didn't even love the movie, but it's just like... That's only works because you've been in it for like an hour and a half at that it just, point. It had like if you like, dip straight into it, it's hard. <laughs> it had like the exact same energy as my last breakup. <laughs> just like, I'm, I'm not. Except like both, both me as both characters. <laughs> I was just like, I really am never going to see that movie. Absolutely not. I respect that no. very much. We were a mostly anti-marriage story <laughs> podcast. It's our official stance is no. Do you think it's just like American Puritanism? Like, why Why is this? It does seem, or is it just because movies all have to be for babies now? Wait, why there's no good I, sex scenes? Yeah. Because you never see, like, superheroes fucking, right? I don't think it's no, Puritanism. I don't either. Because there's show fucking. It's just not, like, good sex. It's like, not there's good. No, it's not yeah, Puritanism, but it is, like, a kind of um, infantilization of most movies, I think. In recent, like, I think that a lot of movies just, like, don't, uh, and I'm talking more about mainstream movies and about indie movies or foreign movies, obviously. But I just don't think that, like, a lot of movies want to deal with that because they're trying to hit some kind of nice mainstream thing, which I think is different than being Puritan. It's more just, like, trying to be, like, have all the edges sanded off of something. Right. Yeah. But you can still get plenty of that stuff, like you said, on TV and in, yeah, indie, foreign stuff. Yeah, but I don't know. got to be in a dark room with strangers was there no like i haven't seen uncut gems yet there was no sexy there was some sexy there's a very stuff cute, yeah. yeah there's a very cute scene in it that is like sexy yeah but it's not a sex scene no it's i mean like, what happened like definitely there was a period where you know suddenly you could show sex in movies at the end of the 60s and then it became more and more until the 80s when it was like every movie had a sex scene which is why that wayne's world joke about the right. The sex scene, the gratuitous sex scene. Um, 
And then maybe it like reached such a point of saturation that it like had to go back down. Or it's just like maybe you're afraid that it'll become kind of, I mean, you know what? Okay, this is just a theory. What if it's that nobody really wants to have that kind of like sampled into a GIF? A gif. A gif. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you know what I mean? There's like this weird way that it could be taken as like a f- kind of just like the imagery lifted and it feels that feels wrong somehow. Yeah. I'm spitballing. Yeah. spitballing. I, just, I feel like there's like they show. I mean, we've all said like they still show like fucking in movies. There's just no erotics. Yes. So yeah. I don't think there's I, no seduction. Yeah. Involved. Maybe it's like last gasps of patriarchy. Like they just want to like only show like those like they don't want to show any foreplay or any like tension or any of the things that are like actually erotic they just want to show like <laughs> p and v I, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, also, to the I mean you could really think that like that none of that stuff actually gets anyone off i don't know i think that a lot of people especially very recently are worried about having just like not good environments on sets when they shoot sex scenes. So you um, think it could be like the need to have an intimacy coordinator and everything. It just makes yeah. it, it kind of takes away the ability like yeah. to be it's spontaneous. Like, I feel like this predates it that. Pre- it predates that, but I think there's like also just a mentality of like, well, I don't want to do anything that ends up being like objectifying somebody or or making anybody like feel uncomfortable or bad when they're making this but then they don't find a way to do it in a way that makes people feel okay yeah about i think it. people being like they let's just... not try rather than like right, why right. is this hard for us is yeah. a problem i also do think that uh we really lose something if we don't have soft core yeah. soft core is delightful yeah. i love soft core <laughs> everything shot through vaseline <laughs> Bring and it now back. there's no Cinemax, there's no Skinemax, and there's no HBO no, I mean, like, After Dark I, I anymore. I do think about this all the time <laughs> as being like one of the core dividers between old millennials and young millennials is that like we had the scrambled porn experience, <laughs> you know, and like they didn't and that joke in American Pie like doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. But like that itself was the erotic experience it was like trying to get the <laughs> the channel to come in for one second at a time like oh totally furtively you know <laughs> people have so much access to everything now i wonder if it's like like you really had to search stuff out you know yeah as a teenager yeah and that can be a part teenager. of like that can also fill in like for instead of the the build up and like whatever cinematic thing you could do to make a, a sex scene feel more romantic it's like if you personally in the act of seeking it out have to go through all this stuff it can also yeah. add to the excitement of it <laughs> you have to go in that weird room in the video store behind a curtain like the coolest place in the world you know because you because the curtain says like oh you're not supposed to be in here but you are. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that now. That was at video stores when I was a little kid. Like yeah. regular video stores yeah. had a curtain They room. had the adult section. A beaded curtain. I yeah. totally forgotten that. And you're like, ooh, can I go in there? I'm a 15-year-old girl or whatever. Like, will somebody tell on me? Put on my dark sunglasses. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I feel like some of the streamers too they took the softcore sections like down off of their offerings which i was like that really betrays the ethos of cable to me which is to like have a softcore section at night well 
we really appreciate the call. This is something that's always on our minds here yeah. at if, night call. If you have <laughs> recent movie sex scenes that we're missing because we didn't come up with anything. So tell us <laughs> your favorite <clears throat> recent sex scenes from movies or have your theories ready about why the sex scene has disappeared. Yeah. And if you want Night Call to reboot Red Shoe Diaries. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with us all wearing like velvet robes by a fire. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> oh no, it's the best. It's yeah. an anthology series with a narrator. Let us know. Oh yeah. We'll be right back. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules Day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect purdue global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals these include associate bachelor's master's and doctoral degrees and certificates Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back to Night Call. We are joined today by Elaine Kahn. Hello, Elaine. Hello. You've been joining us so far. (laughs) (laughs) You're still joining us. Enjoined. It's Valentine's Day, as we were saying. It won't be when you listen to this, but you'll still be bathing in the warm glow of... You'll be processing the glow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Elaine, you were telling me that you wanted to talk about a little reality show. Oh, yeah, Flirty Dancing. Called Flirty Dancing. <laughs> it's, have you guys seen it? No, I don't have Hulu, but no. the way you said no. Flirty Dance, because I looked into it and I was like, this but is no, a great idea. But no, the American version is awful. Oh, really? I don't. watched the American version. Well, I think I said that, and then you were like, you don't understand. No. The, okay, so it started out in England on the BBC, and it's hosted by this like six foot five man named Ashley Banjo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, they. and first of all, they call in in the UK, I don't know if you guys know this, but they call single people singletons. So like- uh, right, I know it from the Bridget Jones <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, that's, okay. that's Bridget well, Jones speak. Okay, yes. So they call, which just automatically adds this like level of like, just like cuteness to it and also like hokiness. But they just get like these very normal people from like small towns in England and set them up. And the whole thing is like, so they've each learned- for those of you guys who have not seen Flirty Dancing, each singleton learns one half of the dance. And then the first time they ever meet, they perform this choreographed duet together. And in the UK version, it's just like, it's like the most pure thing you've ever seen. It's like you're seeing just pure romantic hope, just like vibrating through the bodies of these people like they always like cry and they're like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever done. So it's incredible. I bought a VPN just so I could watch it. Wow. Yeah. But, and then I found it was coming to America and I got so excited. But then I found it in America. Of course, they had to, now it's a competition. Oh, it wasn't. No, it was not a competition before. It was just like, I'm looking for love and like maybe it's with you and together we're going to try this out. And I'll be honest, I've looked into all of the couples and none of them have worked out. Of course not. But you see for, like, they all leave the dance being like, this is true love. Like, it's on. It's, no, but for (laughs) real. Like, they're just, like, I've never seen such, like, pure human emotion captured on television. What are they dancing to? This is my biggest different 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 stuff. It's all, it runs the gamut, as they say. Emotional, emotional things. I used to watch So You Think You Can Dance in the first few seasons, and that was all professional. It wasn't, I mean, I'm very drawn to the BBC flirty dancing from that description. I do have a question about the show, especially the American version made me wonder if some of these people were pros. I mean, I don't know about the American version because, like I said, I only watched the first one. But in the UK version, they're definitely not pros. And in fact, it's like, you know, they'll be like, I don't know, like seniors who definitely cannot dance and just like sort of good natured bros who just kind of like, you know, basically have to like, you know, hold their hands up while their partner 
you know, does circles around them. But it's, <laughs> I, you know, I, I only saw the one episode, the first episode, the American version. It was just so outraged by all of it. Yeah, I watched I'm, one in the middle of the American version. And I guess the host is normally Jenna Duan, mm-hmm. but it was like a British host. Maybe it was... Ashley Banjo? Ashley Banjo. Oh, my God. If it was Ashley <laughs> Banjo, I would turn it. Would but it was, it was a competition. It was a guy, and it was like, you're going to dance with these two different women and, like, do the same routine with both of them, and you all learn the parts separately, and then you... But then, like, when they did the routine, it was in, like, the terrarium of a botanical garden. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's true across both. Okay, yeah. okay. I they, was kinda, the one... That sounds sort of nice. It was. It was really nice. I guess I was like, I was like, oh, like, at the end of Beauty and the Beast. East. You're like right. in the Crystal Palace yeah. for some reason. Um, but well, they picked one oh. of the people and I was like, I don't know that that was the person that they danced with No, they with just better. pick who's hotter, of yeah. course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like who they think, whatever. It's not, it just, it really, the whole point of the British show is that it's like, it's like quaint and it's like for people who hope. Yes. And like the whole idea of like that it's just a competition, like that's just, Ruins it's really it. not in yeah. the spirit of flirty dancing. Yeah. <laughs> flirty dancing is <laughs> you, the best title. <laughs> I sent, I mean, it's just, if you can watch the, I mean, it's, if you can watch the British version, like, Ew. I cry every time, knowing well, that it doesn't go anywhere. I cry. Well, I feel like, like, learning to do a dance, especially if you're not a professional dancer and you don't do that all the time, and, like, the, the thrill of the accomplishment of it is, like, a very, very kind of like almost primal euphoric yeah and it feels like i mean like they have like on bachelor you know they always have people they just do the fast version of that which is they just make people jump off cliffs together (laughs) and then like when they're not dead then they have this like hyper adrenaline rush of like i'm not dead right that's (laughs) because the the bachelor is like midsummer it is yeah basically (laughs) but i think like but like the whole thing of like finding a way like that feels like a much more humane way to capture a very very basic human emotion like where you kind of like have some sort of sense of accomplishment or you go through an unusual circumstance with another person for the first time and it's like wow oh my god right it's like the movie speed yeah and it's not it's also like their bodies actually have to move together like a lot of times there's Mm -hmm. like lifts and stuff in it so they really have to they really have to like develop this sense of trust that's not as simple as just like jumping off a yeah. bridge yeah. or whatever they have to like communicate oh, like, yeah yeah, yeah. And it, they actually have to come yeah exactly they have to communicate physically and they're not allowed to talk at mm-hmm. all even after the dance is over oh really no yeah. well there's also another show i ended up doing a deep dive on dating reality shows <laughs> yeah. to learn everything about it um there's another show called sing date which is the same premise as Florida Dancing, but with singing. You oh do a God. duet together, but Where you like, can I watch it? cannot talk. It is another UK show, so maybe with your <laughs> Um And then I learned that one of the most popular shows is a Chinese bachelor-style dating show called If You Are The One um, that has been on for 10 years. Ooh. Um, and a contestant went viral for... The phrase for saying on a date, um, I'd rather cry in a BMW than smile on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it became okay. a, it became a yeah. meme. 
Um, and people wrote that's such a sad statement I know that's the most depressing apparently people wrote like a million think pieces about it about like what does this mean like people are abandoning bicycles for for cars Um, I mean I guess I like to be like protected from the elements (laughs) for some reason it just reminds me smiling on a bicycle is like one of the best feelings in the world well (laughs) you get bugs in your teeth it was a good turn of phrase yeah (laughs) it reminds me of Paris Hilton's stop being poor shirt yeah I don't it has those vibes I don't like it anymore yeah, I mean, I don't like yeah. it, but I I like the, um, that there's like just parallel bachelors because it had like the same logic as the bachelor, but instead of the rose ceremony, there's something that's called like a heartometer, you know. <laughs> um, there was a show called Sexy Beasts that was a dating show where they put one person in a prosthetic monster suit. <laughs> And then they had to go on dates with people or the people had to like see through to your real personality. Wow. Um, there's one, uh, Netherlands, a Netherlands show, a Dutch show, uh, a Dutch dating show called Dating in the Dark, Dotten and Het Donker. Oh, I've heard of this one. Uh, a reality mm-hmm. show created in the Netherlands where three single men and three single women move into a light, tight house, getting to know each other. Oh my God, that sounds horrible. I know, bonds. isn't that a nightmare? There's, it sounds, it sounds horrible. They form bonds in total darkness. Um, you know what would be awful about that is your other senses being so heightened uh, that you're so aware of the different smells of people. Is that what you were thinking? <laughs> like, that was exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, wow, that's like a real like, scent of oh, claustrophobia. Isn't that all like sex appeal is? Though? Pheromones. Yeah. yeah, but I don't like being robbed of all other faculties and being like, just sniff, sniff a <laughs> meat bag and pick a uh, pick a bag well, of there's meat also, that smells good. There's also a couple of shows that are dystopian in the other direction that are um, like where you never meet somebody except virtually, mm-hmm. where it's like the circle, but instead of it's it's just like everyone's in a different room and they just like talk in a chat room and decide who they want to be with the most. But they can't see each other. They can't see each other. They can only talk see, online. They're all ways of not sucks. letting people it's see like, how hot they are. I, yeah. That's what all of these are about. Well, that's what like flirty dancing sounds so nice because it feels like a real antidote to like, st- like, like, why would you go on a show like that where you can't see people? You're only looking at people on an app. Like, that's just life. I was going to say, totally. too reminiscent well, of life. There's one called Dating Alone that's a South <laughs> Korean dating game show that's more like a dating <laughs> sim where it's like you go, you're going on a date with Simone. It's like to teach men to be better at dating, theoretically. Oh, wait, wow. Um, this so is just a, great, a watch me play. This is a uh, great like, Wikipedia. A sim? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Doce Corazonas is a Telemundo dating show that's based around the Zodiac. Oh, I'd watch that. Doesn't that seem like a good yeah. idea? Um, right. And then Love Cruise is an American reality show um, featuring 16 men competing, 16 singles competing for a $250,000 prize. Uh, the original premiere date of the show was September 11th, 2001, Oof. but oh, it was yeah. delayed. I do think of the peak of reality TV as being like that period. That of the era. Two th- yeah. yeah. One of my yeah. favorite reality shows, but it was also like a very brutal watch and felt very morally wrong, was a show called Solitary that I think I talked about on Girls in Hoodies once. But it was people, they had like a robot voice they could talk to, but that was the only <laughs> the only communication they so had. Deranged. And they were each in their own little like horrible cell um, and they just didn't have any human contact. And it was like, how long can you go? But... I never really liked The Bachelor. I think, you know, when I would contrast it with Solitary, because the dating shows, like, finding connection in a, like, 
Whoa, Emily, it sounds like you just yeah. entered an IMAX experience. <laughs> <laughs> There's but a plane flying overhead. I'm muting it. For <laughs> some reason, I really like the like total absence of connection in reality TV sometimes because it seems sometimes. more honest than the fabricated romantic connections. I'm like, I, when you're watching someone just kind of like lose it from being alone for so long versus like trying to make themselves Do fall in love. Do you guys find The Bachelor pleasurable? I've never seen it. No, I hate The I Bachelor. I don't. I don't either. I really don't. I really don't. And it's like one of those things where I'm like, I don't understand people who like this, but I like lots of other stuff that's similar to this. Yeah. I tried watching one episode because I have so many friends who are so into it. Mm -hmm. One of my friends actually does a podcast that's a call-in show about The Bachelor. Oh. But I, I tried watching one episode and it just seems so horrible. It, well, it seems so fake. And yeah. And so it's really hard to crack the veneer. But we all, when we worked at Grantland together, it was like a huge thing. So that's yeah. we were all kind of forced well, to like watch it. Yeah, I watched class, it for work. <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of people, I feel like I watched it for work probably for about four years. There's so like, much of it. Emily, I, yeah. you did work on that on Bachelor because you you did like interviews with people. No. Oh yeah, yeah. And no, I, I became friends with the with the, the opera cellist singer, opera like, singer. Coolest, yeah, Charlene Joint. She I understand why she people came on the pod. Why people get obsessed with it, but it's not for me. I feel that way about Vanderpump Rules, though. I just went on. Well, there's also I think it's one of those things also that doesn't really sit right post 2016. It feels like a super conservative show. And it it's always like felt really, like a super conservative show. Yeah, but I think even more so. It's one of those things where you really put the glasses on and you see it for what it is. I, I feel think. like it's, a, I mean, like the only way that I really do understand it is I'm like, it is the best critique of heterosexuality <laughs> as an right. idea. Oh, Cause it's like insane. It's like, okay, you go on dates with all these women, but it's like the, also the sexual politics of it just make no sense where it's like, yeah, you have to have sex with them at the end. But that then is if you so do, creepy. You're like, you're not, you might get, not chosen because you had sex with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I once did a whole like drunk TED talk on the, <laughs> on the fantasy suite, on the, the concept suite. of the fantasy suite, because it was such a, the way that's treated on the show is again, like we're going back to like the idea of depicting sex. It's like treated in such a weird, like we can't say what this actually is. Right. But, right. But also we are pushing these people towards it and yes. we want them to go into the box, but we're not going to see what happens right. in the box when they're in well, the box. But that, so the idea is there that was they a have show sex, called in sex box yeah. also. And they yeah. talk about what happened afterwards, but you don't get to see. And that is very American to be like, we're selling the sex, but we're not going to show it to it. you because yeah. we can't yeah. have we're that on television idea. but like yeah. yeah on British television they would just show it actually I like Love Island which is just like The Bachelor but stupid <laughs> it's so good uh -huh. and I only like the British version because it's all really good slang um, mm -hmm. it is very like yeah it's just people from all over England uh, going on a holiday well, Molly, you were also really into Naked and Afraid for a while because yes. it's like the opposite That's of not sexy, these shows. Though. That's yeah. what I'm saying, where they're like, you're naked. It's like a man and a woman, usually. You're naked. <clears throat> you're in the you're wilderness. You're afraid. You're afraid. <laughs> like, they, I don't think they ever end up hooking up. One time, I'm not even no, sure. No, they never hook yeah, up. Yeah, never they, hook up. But they have to huddle together for warmth well, to make it through the night. It's kind of like the opposite of the fantasy suite because the expectation is is like completely non-sexual, but they're naked. So it's you like... Know, nudity becomes non-sexual really fast if you does. let people have it. It's when you like keep people yeah. away from it that it becomes this really 
fetishized thing. That's why we're so fucked up in America. <laughs> There's um, many reasons why. But you did know, did you guys? Did anybody here ever see Sex Box? Which no. I think also was a British show first. What is no. Sex Box? Oh, you have Sex in a Box. Sex Box is where there's a box on the stage that's in front of a studio audience, and couples come on and they talk about the sexual problems they're having, and then they go have sex in the box. So well, everyone watches. Yeah. Well, no, in the, the box, in the box so you, you can't, can't see. So the box has four walls. But then they come out and they're wearing robes. This and they was have an, so this was it. also a Nathan for you. I was just yeah. thinking of Nathan there for you. Nathan. It's in the cube that they put in yeah. the hotel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Such so, a good idea. It's a really good idea. <laughs> it's a great idea. So you could have sex without your kids seeing. <laughs> yeah. It is a very that was a good product <laughs> idea. Was. Well, we'll be right back with another story about sex boxes, the hunger. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back to Night Call. As part of our spooky love February, we watched uh, Choice of Emily's for a spooky romance. Tony Scott's The Hunger. 1983. The first Tony Scott uh, directorial project, I realized. The first Tony Scott. first film. Um, Yeah, I I love this movie. Uh, I'd seen it a couple times before. and then I realized it fit into it fit perfectly into spooky love, and it's a really good like I think a lot of vampire movies can be metaphors for different kinds of things, but this is one that's really about having a bunch of exes that you keep in coffins in your attic. Like that's that's what this movie is about. It is another um, Whitley Strieber. Striber, we never decided. <laughs> uh, it's joint. a Whitley S. joint. It's a Whitley S. joint. He of, co- he, of course, wrote Communion, which we did as a night call book club pick. Um, and we all had, like, middling opinions. <laughs> of. I think we all I was into it. felt changed. Yeah. I mean, we felt changed. <laughs> all of Whitley Striber's books appear to be about people changing forms from one form to another, whether it be, like, sexy alien or a sexy wolf, apparently, is another one. Mm-hmm. I think almost all all of his films, if not all of them, have been adapted into films, too. Like, he did the book that The Day After Tomorrow was based on. Yeah. He's, like, getting paid for his Nothing but bangers. Elaine, have you seen The Hunger? Yeah, I watched it last night. what, What are your thoughts? I mean, I really liked it. My main takeaway was... The way that they did eyeshadow. <laughs> I know. I, mean, I, I tried today. Actually, I was like, wow. It's like all the way to their brow. <laughs> and it looks so good. It looks like I a do? sunset on yes. each eye. And yeah. It, yeah. it's actually yeah. like a, this weird like microcosm for the entire aesthetic of the film. Like just yeah. on their eyelid. Like all of yeah. the colors, the, ta- the, you know, the gauzy fabrics the blood it is one of the gauziest movies there's so much fog in all those rooms there's fog and then there's literal like scarves of gauze blowing (laughs) i truly hated this movie (laughs) Uh, i will wait for my turn (laughs) i was so yeah i mean i just hated it like it keeps keeps things spicy it does if we had all the same opinion all the time wouldn't be as fun i liked the aesthetic (laughs) a lot but i felt like in the beginning first 20 minutes which okay so spoiler spoilers david bowie is like aging really fast and initially i was like this is gonna be a sexy movie correct Uh -uh. like it seems that way and then there was the whole incident with like the monkeys eating each other and then dying really graphically and i was like "Uh uh-oh just like the lawnmower man boner's gone gets tied (laughs) back in right like well it I not really that's the thing so uh, Tony Scott I think was criticized in the original coverage of this movie for like just totally subverting the plot in favor of the gauze and it it was delicious gauze it was (laughs) like it it was a very sensually visual movie but the plot there were so many times when it seemed to be chugging away in a certain direction and then it just like derailed and then by the end of the movie I was like what what happened (laughs) like so okay 
another problem. And I was telling Molly before we started recording, I could not like stop fixating on the fact that there's a scene where a child takes Polaroid pictures of David Bowie and of Catherine Deneuve. As we all know, vampires cannot be photographed, nor do they have reflections in the mirror. Yes. So David Bowie's my, only yeah. part vampire, but Catherine Deneuve is full vampire. Why is there a Polaroid of her face? Well, this movie clearly does this, not play by the vampire playbook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, is my, and this is my me. only beef with it. Like, I, I love a vampire movie or show that really, really plays by the rules and, like, has fun with the rules. This one is just, like, a real true, like, Daywalker movie. They're just, like, normal, glamorous people that don't die. Like, that that's basically... They and they have, have strength, super strength. They don't even have, they don't even okay, have the teeth. They have to use the amulet. They never say the, the word onk. vampire in no. the movie, which means maybe they're not vampires. They're just blood drinkers. Else. Yeah, it was, like, blood well, the whole thing in the book, movie. apparently, and what Lee Schreiber's book was that he it was sort of treating vampires as sort of a sci-fi concept. So it's like a, a species of human or a kind of human that's like can be explained through like their blood. Hence, like why somebody could have a blood transfusion and take on a lot of the qualities of a vampire without being a vampire. So that was sort of the difference of his the conceit of the book, which is not super explicitly laid out in the movie, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think, like, it's not super satisfying to me as, like, a vampire movie, what? except, like, the opening five minutes. But. Yeah, I thought it was going to be more, like, Interview with a Vampire, and it was going to be about, like, this couple that's, like, doomed to live together forever in their fancy oh, no, apartment. No, 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 And then I thought, then I was getting, especially when they were in the townhouse, I was like, oh, this is about uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Gisele <laughs> Maxwell. Of course. Um, but it was, like, the, I would do find those those fancy New York townhouses with the marble walls to be, like, the most creepy places. Well, also because they never turn on the lights, ever, ever. And that, that I was like, well, because they're vampires. But if they're vampires, again, they wouldn't have reflections, and they do. So they just prefer the darkness. Why? It, it combined all these things I hate of, like, people who like to play piano and make you listen, people who like to never turn on the lights, <laughs> people who dust when people come over and they don't talk, they just dust we things. We get it, Tess, I'm you're sorry. not a god. Why are not? A god. Why are vampires so <laughs> posh always? Well, I feel like the whole thing, like at least in recent modern history, is that like vampires are about an anxiety about some kind of wealthy class leeching off of people. Um, like I feel like that's like they're aristocratic. Like they're very rarely poor. That's what I'm saying. Vampires. They're very rarely poor vampires. Yeah, they're but always I think aristocrats. I think I, because I think like it's like you know zombie movies are kind of about the anxiety of like your neighbors, like your everyday people that you know in, in life, just being like completely switched zombie off. Zombie movies are about person. are about the fear of poor people and <laughs> just, they're, they're about like alienation from your fellow man. Uh, whereas I think that vampire movies are much more about like there are rich people out there who uh will you know zap all your resources and your emotional your emotional and financial resources and did make you, you their slaves did you feel as though this was like a metaphor for drug addiction at first i was wondering I, I had a bunch of thoughts but then in the end i felt as though it had to be a metaphor for drug addiction which i feel like is also a common kind of vampire uh tie-in I think that the way that the vampirism is depicted is definitely like very overtly like junky type imagery. Mm -hmm. But I think that the story itself, which is why I like it and why I enjoyed watching it today on Valentine's Day, mm -hmm. is really like explicitly about having past loves and about like, <laughs> again, keeping your exes uh, in, co in coffins in your attic. Uh, just like this idea of like, 
when you start a relationship with somebody, it feels like forever and ever, uh, as David Bowie says in the shower, uh, and and then you know it event inevitably has to end, and then you have to like live with that coffin in your attic. It seems also <laughs> kind of like that's what because the what do you call it the tagline of the movie or whatever is no human love is forever, no human loves forever, something like that. So it made me think that like the whole reason because it was confused. One of the confusing things is why does he start aging? What triggers mm-hmm. that? And then I started thinking because of of the movie tagline or logline whatever it is that it's she has fallen out of love with him and that's why he starts to age and that definitely yeah i feel like supports emily your your hypothesis about it being about exes and that is also the most horrifying part of that's oh my the God. scariest part yeah. of the far <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, you mean the attic full of the yeah. The disintegrating like when you realize yeah, that yeah, there's yeah. all when she's like, you know, keep keep him company, Lalia, or whatever the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Deneuve is so good. Oh my god. I mean, yeah. Catherine Deneuve and Susan Sarandon. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. just for that alone, this movie rules. Uh, I thought, but yeah, I understand. Susan Sarandon is great. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's also, like, I just, it was became several different things that I thought it was going to be. Um, it turned into a lesbian vampire movie, which is another type of vampire movie. Um, and there's, like, a long history of lesbian vampires. Uh, there's a book called Carmilla that's, like, the female mm-hmm, Dracula. Mm-hmm. And Carmilla mm-hmm. is all about, like a you know a baroness or something who is secretly a vampire but she's also like preying on this girl in her sleep and the girl like maybe gets into it um so i do think it's also a metaphor for closetedness in a way it felt like that, to that me that makes sense yeah. that makes sense i think like a lot of vampire stories end up feeling like some kind of closeted like like not being able to like you have to kind of initiate people into being the kind of person that you are in order to spend time with them or spend your life with them wait until <laughs> like you, you only... wait until you see the lost boys yeah did you guys yeah, know, know that I... susan sarandon was not born susan sarandon because i did not know that and that's her married name oh, and no. from her first from yeah, her first who uh, was uh, prince marriage. humperdinck yeah in princess bride that really blew my mind actually huh it's I like, didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. And I was like, re- I just assumed that she like came, you know, came onto this earth, Susan wow. Sarandon. But no. Well, one, uh, this this movie is uh, will always re- be remembered as the movie that David Bowie and Susan Sarandon hooked up on <laughs> during, um, which is very interesting. I think when you watch this movie because it's not necessarily who you would think would hook up while filming this movie. He said he was scared of Catherine Deneuve. Who Which, isn't? I mean, yeah. Especially who's in character. Yeah. Because they barely share any scenes except for the kind of hospital scenes where he's waiting around in the waiting room. Uh, but they are, mm, I would say they're, to me, the two hottest people in the movie. So maybe it makes sense. Catherine Deneuve is pretty hot. I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm team Deneuve, I, I think. think. they're all hot. That's yeah, I don't. A good yeah. Love yeah. But that's also why it's like a, a hard movie in terms of the like sexual tension because he's like a thousand years old within right. the first it ten minutes. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, and I, then they kiss. He kisses oh. Catherine Deneuve when, when he's like 
basically just kind of crumbling and it's so intense again i was anticipating something i think if i'd been better prepared it would have been different i I was like let's light some candles put on the hunger (laughs) (laughs) oh no No, okay it makes you deal with death like and i think that that's another thing that i like about it as a vampire movie because like a lot of vampire movies are about the fantasy of never dying and always staying young and beautiful and this is about like really like you know the first few minutes of the movie when it's like with the Bella Lugosi's dead the whole Bauhaus scene at the club which is like I was watching this with a friend and I was like I think this is like how I thought like being an adult would be <laughs> like, when I was, like like this is what I thought it would be like when I was an adult is like the first five minutes of The Hunger um but but that's like so cool and it's like everybody's so beautiful and it's hot and then you go into rapid aging straight out of that and I think that that's like super intentional like I think that you cannot appreciate one without the other you can't appreciate the tragedy of like becoming a corpse before your lover's eyes without like having just seen like something super carnal and 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 erotic and everything right before that that right. makes sense. I, don't know. I also saw it though in terms of like because because I think if you go with the drug metaphor, then it becomes something else too of how your life becomes punctuated by like these brief highs, you know, where it's like you're su- you're having like super intense sex or like you're in the shower and you're doing like the super intense making out, and then the next minute, like it's almost like you lose patches of time, and when you come to, you're old, you know. So it's almost like your life is just like these brief bursts of. Mm-hmm. joy and it's otherwise a, nothing it's like the bathtub scene in the shining mm-hmm. where it's like the hot, <laughs> the hot chick turns to the the falling apart old lady in yeah. your arms but it's yeah the same thing with a dude and that dude is david bowie so it's especially sad because you're <laughs> yeah. like bring him back no there's nobody that you could put like cast in that role but it's also inter- like- yeah it's also like now that david bowie the person is dead it is interesting to be like oh but he is preserved in his like perfect forever form in this movie and other movies being in movies yeah. makes you a real vampire yeah <laughs> yeah and it's but i i i guess i mean like there's nobody that seems more immortal like when you're watching this movie and like so to have that person disintegrate in real time is just like it's very alarming totally it feels like very upsetting to watch um not a lot of jokes in this movie is one more thing (laughs) were there any there were there was no one had a sense of humor all this stuff with Susan Sarandon's boyfriend was funny to me. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was <laughs> funny when they when all of the like doctors were in a room chain smoking and apparently ashing into like a a, a mouse's cage or so. I was like, okay, yeah. maybe I could laugh, or maybe that's just like factual eighties. Who knows? No, I mean it's very very eighties. Um, but it does also feel like it's early 80s it isn't just gratuitous sex scenes it is still kind of art movie sex scenes that like are integral to the plot and also like pretty hot but you can see how it's like paving the way to just like full on music video like Top Gun type sex scenes that everybody would make fun of eventually (laughs) Um, but it does feel like it opens with a blood rave um, it feels kind of like a Euro trash version of Blade a little bit at times. <laughs> yeah, great. You know, again, what I thought it would be like. Right, be right. <laughs> like if you put if you put Blade through like a soft core filter machine, it would yeah. become The Hunger, which I fully am on board with the aesthetic. Something yeah. I really appreciated about the movie was I've always thought in horror you see so many kind of 
hot young women get murdered. And it was nice seeing a number of hot young men. I just, I liked that. And very Mm one-dimensional, like, it's just man in sunglasses, (laughs) and now he's gone. Oh, yeah. Goodbye to that man. Slasher. That guy who they bring in to feed Susan Sarandon, the one that Catherine Deneuve brings in to feed her, he's, like, doing an impression of Christian Bale on American Psycho, pre-American Psycho, but he also looks like Christian Bale. It's very weird. (laughs) Isn't that fucked up, though, that we're like, oh, yeah, like, slashers, but for her. (laughs) (laughs) I was really into it. Uh, uncut gems spoilers but like when they like stuffed Adam Sandler in the car trunk mm-hmm. and like ripped all his clothes off <laughs> like great more of this in movies My sure. <laughs> or just like the, all the stuff people say about like women in slashers I'm like maybe the opposite is true like if it's men I'm also like Rob them of their agency. <laughs> like, <laughs> for my pleasure, I am the ancient Egyptian vampire queen. I rule this place. No, you hate vampires. I love the ancient Egyptian vampires. Well, the ancient, especially. that was a weird too. They were just like, here she is, ancient Egypt. She knows well, how to yeah, mummify people. I mean, that's a part of the genre. You always get to flash back to them in different time periods. That's yeah. why it's so cool. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> her headdress it. looks sort of like a, a nurse's hat, which I like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> headdress. They yeah. did not do the historically yeah. accurate like, huh. yeah. it was just funny to, to be like how much of vampire and goth culture is just like 80s punk culture mm-hmm. you know where yeah. i was like wow yeah. a bunch of people with like good eye makeup and silly cool hair sunglasses and cool, cool sunglasses, sunglasses like chain it's very smoking matrix yeah it's like and all the smoking indoors vibe. is so goth mm-hmm. <laughs> you know just like I love that it's just like what would a vampire do? They would take up smoking because well, of cares. course, yeah. yeah, who cares? Yeah, premature. Uh, we should we should definitely watch Death Becomes Her. I love Death Becomes Her so much. Elena thinks she about. went as Death Becomes Her for how yeah, long? Yeah, me and my best friend when we were in like I don't know we were oh, really cool. little, and I remember I wore this like weird strapless dress that my mom had taken in for me, and just got a black circle <laughs> that I just nice. like put for like the yeah. Death Becomes Her is also a movie about like female vanity and vampire type stuff. Exactly, it's really good. It fits. We should watch it. It's very it's nice. A good call. love triangle. Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm like so so. What was the verdict for everybody on Hunger? Because I just like I. It's such a. I am just so happy to watch it all the time. I was proud. I felt like I was like, this is like when I made you guys watch Reds. It's like, (laughs) I can't have an opinion on it that is like, like, I wish I'd seen it earlier, really, is what it made me feel like. I feel like I would have loved it if I had seen it when I was a teenager. And now I was like into it. But I was a little bit like, there could be a little more plot happening in this movie. Sure, yeah. I thought it had a lot of great ingredients. I, I blame Tony Scott entirely for why I didn't <laughs> like it. That's that's whose fault it is. He gave a, he gave it some great things, but I think he just like, I, I, it felt like he it was it a went little down. bit. It goes down vain. smooth. Yeah. It goes down real smooth. Well, the studio made them put a different ending on it. You guys. That's, yeah. yeah. Molly was telling me that earlier, too. I didn't know that. Um, it where I think you were saying Susan Sarandon really objected to that. Yeah, because um, spoilers, apparently in the <laughs> book, Susan Sarandon's character kills herself, or at least in the original script, because yeah. she's like, I'd rather die than be an addict. Um, yeah. And they sort of like have that scene and then just cut to her. I a, love that yeah, scene. Yeah. Like, where she right. cuts she her own lives. throat and then forces her blood into Miriam's mouth. That's, yeah. That's great. It's, it's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emily, you love vampire movies. I love vampire movies. I've been watching a lot of them recently. Um, 
one of my recent faves that I watched somewhat recently was Only Lovers Left Alive. I feel like I put some songs or something from that on a night call mix recently. But that one is like, I, I mean, there's always kind of just the fun glamour part of a vampire movie where it's like, well, what would I do if I could just live forever and have every single experience and, and read every book? And, and Only Lovers <laughs> Left Alive is like definitely about that. Like there's this wonderful part where like, Tilda Swinton has, has to get on a plane, so she packs her bag, but she's a vampire, so what does she need? She just <laughs> takes, like, a suitcase full of books, <laughs> like, which is, like, so sweet and, like, kind of, like, yeah, I guess if you had really been around for, like, 500 years, you would just, like, that's all that you would really care about after a while. It's just, like, being intellectual stimulation and just, like, having new stuff to think about. Because you'd probably get super bored. But the idea of, like, a long, long, like, a long-term relationship in that one where, um you know, you kind of have to find a way to make it work yeah, <laughs> over, I mean, over centuries. Right. And that's like what makes vampire movies sometimes very romantic is that idea. And also of like, yeah. you know, working around a person's flaws, <laughs> like being a vampire, you yeah. know, agreeing to become a vampire because you like yeah. them so much. Um, and also just the thing of like, well, we're kind of stuck together, huh? Yeah. Like- and, that's, and that's why the <laughs> hunger is, is fucked up, too, is because it's like, it is like the feeling of somebody being like, "Oh, you thought we were in this together? Just kidding." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, now you're in my attic. I didn't realize this. This is sort of fucked up. But like, in I read it just on the Wikipedia summary, which is just like when um, when John David Bowie's character kills the the girl that's like been taking music lessons from them. It's like apparently it was because um, Miriam Catherine Deneuve's character was like grooming her to be her like her next kind of consort after yeah after i mean David that, character died. that whole thing That's was a little uncomfortable that was too abstain <laughs> for you well it was a little too abstain yeah. for me and it was also giving yeah. me kind of like kirsten dunst an interview with the vampire vibes yeah. which that's yeah. what i thought was going to happen in the movie i thought it was gonna be about this couple like taking in like a younger girl as their like weird consort right it was not yeah. that no um but that yeah. death scene is gnarly yeah yeah it's very upsetting yeah um, um i feel like the thing like because the, the, they they don't bite people as you said but they have these little onks that they stab people with um and i feel like i i, I was thinking about that and i was like i feel like maybe there was a stink on vampire movies at the time or something that i guess this is like post hammer horror and stuff like maybe it was seen as too like cheesy or something to have people biting necks i think vampires so this is like a classy version yeah. of it or something i don't know vampires <laughs> it's like some of the basic things remain the same across every vampire movie but yeah i mean obviously this is better than like twilight <laughs> to yeah. my mind in terms of For characterizations sure. of vampires also Elaine and I are both redheads, so, like, we <laughs> are essentially uh. vampires. There's nothing... I, I always relate to the, like, w- living in the night part of it, of the, like... Yeah. Why would you be out in the sun? Ever. They go out in the sun, though. I, I really liked this movie, but I do wish it had stuck a little more to the vampire rules. At least with the yeah. pictures. It's strange to have... <laughs> I, I mean, that, like, why would that? that? <laughs> You're like, but the pictures, because I feel... Maybe there's something Walking about in the sun is more not, basic not a, than... It's not an emulsion. Maybe it's just Polaroids. Maybe like, there's maybe maybe there's maybe vampires. vampires would show up on an iPhone. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe vampires wear sunscreen. Yeah. What That's how they go are you talking about? Glow <laughs> in the sun. Has the world gone upside down? Tess, what's your favorite vampire movie? That's that's tricky. Don't put me on the spot. Elaine, think what's your about favorite it? vampire movie? The Hunger. <laughs> <laughs> 
like well, I was thinking about um, True Blood, which I was feeling like maybe I should go back and watch some True Blood. But, I like True like, Blood. I just rewatched yeah, it, actually. Like, True Blood's good. It's, it knows what it is. They stick to the rules really hard in that, yeah. though, which is, and they have a lot of fun with it. And yeah. that's, like, that, one of the best yeah. things about True Blood. And they Blood. objectify men and women equally. Which, and it's, like, yes. it's also PTSD. actually one of the few... Re- Poor vampires get a lot You're of right. representation. Yeah, in true. True. It actually has a totally lot of comments yeah. on class and uh, yeah. I mean, Although I feel like they set that up at the beginning that it was going to be about a lot of things, and then they were just kind of like, mm, it's just like the horny vampire <laughs> show. And that's you know what, that's good too. I think I have like a, a weird allergy to to vampire movies. Um, stretching back to college, honestly, it was that as many are aware, uh, my about- r- roommate and I had a long-standing feud because she watched Interview with a Vampire on repeat every day. Oh my god! Every day, <laughs> I hadn't seen it, but then by the end of the week, I'd seen it a lot, and I was like, okay, I'm good now. But it kept going. How about oh Dracula god. Dead and loving it? Sure, I'll go with that one. <laughs> what about uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula? You're yeah, just- that's was- my favorite vampire. Yeah, movie, I, I liked that Stoker. one. I mean, it's just, I find them to often be humorless, I guess, like, not always, though, and Vampire in Brooklyn. I feel like that's part, (laughs) that's like part of the goth, like, aesthetic. Yeah, Yeah, it's too humorless. It puts me ill at ease. It makes me feel like I'm like a human whoopee cushion. Yeah, Yeah, what we do in the shadows. shadows. But yeah, we... um, Let the right one in. I just feel like, I think you're right, too, because I also feel like if you were alive for thousands of years, you would be so funny. That's the thing. Yeah. You'd have to be. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> the only lovers left alive is funny in the way that I think a vampire would be funny. Like it's pretty dry, and it's like I just want to kill myself. Yeah, that's that's I'm what so I'm bored. after. Uh, yeah, I, I trust Jim Jar. Is it Jim Jarmusch or Vim- yeah, 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 it's great. Well, and they're very glamorous. Before like, yeah. we wrap up, can we delve into a little bit of sexual astrology? Yeah, why don't we close out with like because just one line from sexual astrology? So, well, for each intro person. sexual astrology, please. I've been staring at this in front of Molly for a while. Oh, I just I thought Tess might own this book because she has a lot of good smut from the sixties and seventies. This is exact. It, there's like is, a missing place on my bookshelf where this belongs. It's called Sexual Astrology: A Sign by Sign Guide to Your Sensual Stars by Martine and it's from 1976 by Martine um, is the only name Martine goes by <laughs> Elaine what's your sign Pisces uh, happy almost birthday thank you happy almost birthday oh yeah Pisces after Aquarius my favorite day of the year uh well, would you like to know about Pisces erogenous zone? Oh my god. Sure. <laughs> uh, this might be too spicy, but I'm be anyway. The feet. Pisces will respond to gentle massage and caressing of the heel and arch. <laughs> uh, wow. If you rub the toes between the pads of your fingers or take them in your mouth and softly bite them, you will drive a Pisces mad with delight. <laughs> Pisces is that because they're like little fish? They're fish. Things? I was just, like, I was like, oh, it's their oh tail. My God. <laughs> um, that actually turned my stomach a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has a flair for drama in the boudoir. <laughs> Count on her to make the right moves, say the right things, create the right ambiance. She learns early about sex, and her willingness to please rarely lets her say no. Oh, my God. Christ. You she didn't know is, you came here to be hosted by Marcy. This book's a little too 1976 yeah. in places. She is sexually liberated <laughs> and enjoys a wide range and variety of erotic byplay. It doesn't take much to arouse a Pisces woman. Watching a stag movie or reading the, <laughs> the choice parts of a Today novel... <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll start her breathing heavily. A today novel. Yeah, a today <laughs> novel. Um, the f- one of the few times the Pisces woman enjoys the woman on top position is on a waterbed. That's just despicable. <laughs> this is extremely nineteen seventy six. She likes to wear earrings during sex. Apparently. <sighs> I will stop who reading would, who here. Would, do people take out their earrings before they have sex, <laughs> like normally? I mean, when I it's don't, like I regret it. Yeah? Yeah. I haven't had earrings in a while. I've had some wanted... bad hoop. Oh, the hoop. hoop. Well, yeah, they're big earrings. That's true. That's true. I know. I'm going to like take out my stud earrings. Yeah, no. Sex. No. <laughs> no, you like to leave them on because you're a Pisces woman. <laughs> but they might pop your waterbed. In that's which true. Case you're really true. in trouble. My landlords would be pretty mad about oh, yeah. that. <laughs> Typical Pisces. I did not disclose on the lease. Yeah. <laughs> um, this book is, is sort of weird and mean. Here's about- I want you to, can you please screen grab the Libra page? Yeah, absolutely. So I oh, I have a Libra stellium. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put, wait, let's put some of it in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Here's about the okay. Capricorn, which is Tess is a Capricorn. That's me. Um, <laughs> when all the flashy, scintillating, brilliant, and available women have passed into memory, she will remain. True that. Absolutely. <laughs> so rude. Here I stand. <laughs> I've prevailed. Um, wow. Yeah, this book is nuts. That just makes me think that you're like the ex in the coffin, though. Yeah. I'm so the ex in the coffin. <laughs> I'm just like a crumbling dust it's pile. Like, but still alive. Yeah. Um, it says she accelerates from zero to wow in nothing flat. <laughs> Then, talcumed, perfumed, or oiled, she's ready to move on to the next room and the next act. It sounds like you're preparing me for frying. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Beware. Dip me an egg batter. Beware. She's a biter. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes this is erotic. But when the love bite occurs immediately before, during orgasm, she isn't aware of how deep and hard she's going into flesh. The jaws tend to lock during orgasm, yeah. so she may inadvertently become cannibalistic. How did they uh, know? Tess, is this why you didn't like the hunger? <laughs> what are these like this for men? I spent a month in prison. Do they have separate ones for men? Yeah, they tell you about the male and female of each. We are clearly, I would, I'm sure all of us would align better with the 1970s version of the man version of our science. Yeah, can you read That's the male probably one? probably true. Yeah, here, just, I can read. Just to see. For can, contrast. I'll read the male Libra. Um, he is kind, has a strong sense of justice and fair play, and will give anyone an even shake. You're right. Maybe the ones for men are nicer. Yeah, I mean, for sure. <laughs> and just said Mine was, I, she'll always say yes. So. <laughs> Mine said I would bite in, in a cannibalistic way. Um, if you want an opening topic, try a current news item. State your own opinion strongly. Librans may disagree, but never disagreeably. Don't forget, Libra loves luxury. If you give a gift, sterling silver, 14 karat gold, Lalique crystal, the Libra woman adores jewelry. That seems more like, tourist to that me. Had this seems off base. Sex either. I know. That, like, the ones for the women were like. Uh, there's a sex Well, because part. Libras are just like uh, Libras can esthetes. It also tells you how to break up with people if you Ooh. want them to leave. Um, but it also says Librans can usually be identified by their especially well-shaped and rounded buttocks. 
They always say that about Libras. And it's really? Not for me. All they ever say about Capricorns is we have bad knees. Oh. <laughs> it's terrible. Virgo's the worst. Virgos, Virgos have stomach problems. And they're like virgins. Who wants that in a sex astrology They're not literally book? virgins. No, but like the Virgo one in this book, too, is like very boring. <laughs> uh, or into S&M. It's like touch them in their stomach, which is like, <laughs> please don't touch do that. them in their stomach. Sens- <laughs> sensuous thrills may be obtained by laving the stomach area with a sponge, soap, and warm water. Virgo also particularly likes the feeling of the spray from a shower nozzle directed at this area on your stomach. Wait, it's, it's like it's like put your tongue in their belly button. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this inadvertently, our uh, our Strange Love February Valentine's Day edition inadvertently kind of became like a slumber party where we just yeah. dared Molly to uh, read smut. That's all. I'm, that's why I thought you might own this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Toss had all the good smut for it slumber parties. Many, the, many moons ago. All the Today books. Yeah, all those Today books, <laughs> for well, sure. the most Today book is Elaine Kahn's <laughs> yes. Romance Very or the End. Molly. Yeah. Which you can buy now in bookstores, including Skylight Books, our friends at Skylight Books. Yeah. Which is do you where... have signed copies at Skylight? They do have signed copies at Skylight. A, a, just a couple, though, so you better run on over. Hurry on over for a last minute post Valentine's Day <laughs> gift. Pre- I, I've been told it's a good gift for your ex, honestly. It, it is a phenomenal book of poetry. Bury, it, thank you. bury yep, your welcome. ex in a coffin in the attic yes. with Elaine's poems. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Elaine. It was my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. Where can people find you if you want to be found? Um, well, my poetry school has a website called poetryfieldschool.com. I'm on Instagram at pure.moods. Such a good Instagram handle. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't disclose my Twitter. Yeah. No. We won't force True you. True heads can, can find <laughs> <laughs> uh, Great. I love pure. Maybe we can have a little pure moods right now to send us out. Yeah. Um, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. And as always, if you've got a night call or a night email, you can send us a call at 24046night or an email to nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to follow us on social media, we are Night Call Pod on Twitter, Night Call Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, we would really appreciate you subscribing, rating, and reviewing. And we will see you next week. Night Call is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.